This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 337 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Dr. Rose's Remedies, Total Saddle Fit, and listeners like you. Today we have some guests from the USDF Nationals, amateur rider Amy Gimble and pro rider Mike Suchenik. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Reese, it's just you and me today. Hi, Phil. I know. It's just us. Well, we had Glenn. He'll be coming on the show a little bit later and had to jump off, so uh, we, he left us alone. Hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> never know how that goes out, Yeah, so running far. things by ourselves now. Yeah, so far so good, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we're yeah. kind of doing a wrap up from the USDF Nationals. How did your show go? We are, we are. You know, it was overall a very, very good show for everybody. Uh, the weather was pretty decent, which is good. It can. It's always that wild yeah. card here in Kentucky uh, this time of year. A little but, funny in the in the November time, huh? Yep, yep. But overall, it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, and my guy, Elon Court, town and country, Elon Court, uh, was quite a good boy. He really was. That you know, it's. We got our ba- our, our our money's worth, to be honest, because we were in two different locations of the horse park. Uh, my open third level was outside and my third level freestyle was in the main all tech arena, the big arena. So, um, it was great for him. It was great practice to have to go out, um, outside and have the jumbotron and the weather and the, you know, and the ferns yeah, and, and the, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. And he more really, experience, right? Yeah, he is. And honestly, he's really good. The scores were super tight as you would expect in that yeah. kind of national championship. Um, I was really happy with my whole test, except my reinback. Oh, and uh, darn it, reinback! I hate that reinback. And poor, poor hello or Elon Court. He, uh, <laughs> it's not our best thing. He's a big guy, and he just struggles sometimes with the reinback unless we come in perfectly, perfect yeah. to a halt. Which we, he came out a little bit with his hind legs out and around the turn, and um, so that was a little. Bummer, because uh, honestly, if he'd had just a slightly better rain back, he would have been very different in the placings. He was yeah. 11th, though. Uh, okay. But bet- okay. Yeah. Yep. Between second and me were literally not even one and a half percentage points. So very, very tight scores. Crazy nationals. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy tight. <laughs> crazy tight. I think I was out of the ribbons by uh, three-tenths of a point. So, uh, so really tight. But I was really proud of him, and he did a really good job besides the rain back. <laughs> and then um, for my freestyle, uh, I was so proud of him. He really honestly put in a test. Um, I was super proud of him. Uh, it was a 70%. Um, and he, it, that's a really big ring. And, and it was absolutely gorgeous the way they had it decorated. Um, so there's lots to look at and judges booths and people and people walking around. And um, he just was great. He finished third overall. Um, and for a six-year-old, uh, he was fantastic. So he got a lot of experience. He showed himself, I felt, really well. And uh, we all enjoyed it. It was fun to have it here in town. And um it's here one more year, so uh, you'll hear one of our guests, Amy Gimbel. She's coming on the show later. Uh, she and I have already pinky sweared that uh, our big goal is to get back, get back to and, and, yeah, and stable get back next to each other. Year. 
and stable next to each other. We had such a good time. So awesome, awesome. Well, congratulations, and I'm glad it went all pretty well. And and congratulations to everybody who who showed. And now it's uh, now a little bit of that downtime, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it was. It it really was a big deal for everybody to get there. And congratulations. I hope everyone had a super safe trip home and all those good things. So yeah, it was it was a good one. So. It was a yeah. fun week. And now, yes, a little bit of downtime for actually Hello is, um, I think he's probably very muddy. Uh, he really, he, I just really haven't, he has a complete week off uh, and we'll see if he wants another. But he's been really tired and sleeping. He goes out and comes in <laughs> in the Catching up on and, some lost sleep. Yeah, he does. It's I was so mind sweet. blown a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, you oh, can tell he's okay. like, oh, I'm really tired. That's so uh, he's, he's had an easy week and, and that's been great. So really good stuff. So. Yeah, our next thing is Florida, so we right. do have a little bit of uh, quiet time now. Yeah, it's time to think about the holidays, and, and for you guys, Thanksgiving, and and Christmas is coming up, and all kinds of good stuff like that. So, exactly. time for the horse riders to take a break for once. A little break, a little break, especially yeah. this week for him, so really good. So, Phil, we have some stuff in the news. Uh, yeah, do you wanna... had some really, it's been a tough week this last week. Um, my coach and mentor, Neil Ishoy, passed away last week. And uh, it's been a little tough. Not 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 very much fun here in Ontario. So, yeah. Yeah. well, Neil, um, I never met him, but he was a wonderful coach for many many people. He was born in Weston, Ontario. Ishoy began his international competitive career as an eventer, representing Canada in 1980 as an alternate for the Olympics in Fontainebleau, France, and in 1982 the World Championships in Germany. After a 17-year hiatus from competition, he switched to his first love dressage with great success, sweeping the Grand Prix classes at Dressage at Devon in 2001 aboard a, the uh, Gray Oldenburg Gelding Andiamo Time. At the same autumn, the pair won the Swartzky Canadian League Dressage World Cup at the Royal Horse Show, scoring 74.4%, and in the Grand Prix Freestyle, earning a berth at the 2002 World Cups in the Netherlands. Unfortunately, the issue was unable to attend because the horse was injured from a knee injury. In addition yeah. well, to... Well, I just wanted to oh, just yeah. uh, you oh. know, talk a little bit about that because uh, Neil was never really interested in doing a lot of showing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from that, from the little piece there that uh, he had 17 years of, of not competing at any horse show, anywhere, and then he just sort of came out with that Grand Prix, because it was an amazing Grand Prix horse that he had sponsored for him. And uh, he was just really a guy that really enjoyed the training of the horses, you know, and, and a lot of people brought to him difficult horses, and he really enjoyed a challenge and, and you know, and, and sort of fixing horses or or getting them to work for their riders and he did an amazing job at that and uh i'm not sure i know any personally any trainer that has has um finished so many you know brought so many horses from four years old or or very young to to grand prix and then you know he didn't care about showing he just he just really liked to do his thing stay at home he taught some clinics and he enjoyed really i haven't met anybody that's really just enjoyed you know, doing their own thing, you know, sort of just, just training and, and not having all the money and the fame of, of being out there winning all the medals. He's just sort of behind-the-scenes guy who helps so many people, and uh, and we're going to miss him a lot. So uh, condolences to Cindy, his wife, and his two children, Kayla and Zach. So I, I think that's about enough, enough of that. Um, the other thing in the news is that uh, Paris is going to be hosting the 2018 World Cup Finals of Dressage and Jumping together. So 
I'm just saying. Yeah, it's time to meet the to Organize our Paris trip. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have another trip, kids. <laughs> 2018. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we apply now for our media credentials? <laughs> Your dressage radio show is going on the road. Yeah, we're going on the road in, in <laughs> how many years? Yeah, no, super excited really about about that. So, um, yeah, no, they just announced that today. So that was great. So really looking forward to that. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Glenn. Uh, he's going to talk, our, our Glenn the Geek, our producer and owner of the Horse Radio Network. Uh, he's going to come on and tell everybody about the Radiothon that is happening on November 30th. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. Well, for our first guest this evening, Glenn the Geek is here. Glenn, <laughs> I get to be a guest? Yeah, I didn't know how to intro you, Glenn. You're always here, but now you're here in official capacity. I'm the big kahuna. I'm the, the boss. Big <laughs> when the right, boss, boss calls everybody, as you know, it's <laughs> yeah, a little nerve-wracking. You're like, oh, man, the boss is in. Hey, Phil- you guys, hey. the challenge has been thrown down. The battle yes. is on. A little nervous here. The battle is on with all of the hosts trying to outdo each other for the Radiothon to get the big-name guests. I know. Oh. So you guys better get working. I mean, we have a big one we can't announce yet, but we're actually pre-recording it because he's a little busy. Um, but we have a big one of recording tomorrow for Horses in the Morning. Debbie Laux from the uh, Monty Roberts Show from Horsemanship Radio. Uh, she's working on a couple of really big celebrities out of Hollywood that they know. Um, so, you know... Chop chop. We gotta eat chop chop. Chop chop. So Glenn, <laughs> tell us about tell us about the radiothon. I we haven't talked too much, I don't think, on the air. So tell us all about the radiothon. Well, this is it. Um, November thirtieth. It is a twelve hours live horse radio network radiothon brought to you by Weatherbeta is our title sponsor. Horselovers.com is our secondary sponsor, and I'll tell you about that in a second. And we have about thirty other sponsors for the day. We are going to be giving away almost $3,000 worth of prizes uh, all day available long. Available to the hosts, right? Uh, yes, available to Philip and I. Except Thank for the you, hosts. Um, <laughs> we'll have over 20 hosts from the Horse Radio Network involved. By the way, isn't that amazing that there is 20? <laughs> so. I know. It exploded. The Christmas party is going to be out of control. Yeah, people. I think this is our Christmas party. Yeah, so. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, what we're doing is uh, Dr. Wendy and I, Dr. Wendy from the Driving Radio Show and I, she's coming up to the studio here in Ocala, and we're going to MC it all day. But we're having all the different hosts. Not all of them. We can't fit them all, but we're having a lot. Many of the different hosts from the Horse Radio Network are taking an hour each uh, all throughout the day, including dressage. Yes. And I think you are doing, is it the six o'clock hour? That's right. I am six o'clock and I'm by myself because Philip is... (laughs) 
on vacation, yeah, people. Darn what Phillip's is this? Going on vacation. So, on our big day, Philip. What's anyway, going on here, buddy? Oh, well, Deserting. Yeah, 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 I, I had the schedule a long time ago. Way yeah, before the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Even you know how it. I love to do live radio. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's I think. Right. He, uh, yeah, exactly. I think he's just chickening out now, people. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he took an awful long trip to chicken out. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly. that's an expensive yeah, chicken out. <laughs> so six to seven o'clock is going to be dressage hour, and we. We need the help of the audience. Please. Uh, it, I, I especially. Yeah, Reese needs your help. Reese needs your help. Because she's going to be here with Wendy and I. So uh, we'll all be hanging out. And we, we're we going to book some. Uh, Reese is working on that now. I'm helping her out a little bit. And we're trying to get some big name guests booked for the dressage hour. And we're going to have them on. But the story of the day is it's just a Christmas party. I have uh, issued an executive order from the president's office stating that you can start drinking eggnogs at 9 a.m. Uh, you can do <laughs> okay. all. You can like start, a regular day then. That's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> you can do all other alcohol starting at about 930. Um, and you're good for the day. So we encourage that. It is just a Christmas party. We want to hear about people's favorite holiday memories. So, you know, if we get a big dressage name on, it's not going to be talking about their horses or dressage. It's going to be talking about their holiday memories, either from when they're growing up or maybe it's more recently, but something that involves horses. And uh, we've already started kind of quizzing people that are going to be on. And some of the stories we're getting are pretty amazing. So we, we really want you to participate by calling in. And uh, you can call in live that day. Tell us about your favorite Christmas holiday memory. Wish your family, your barn, your horses a Merry Christmas. We don't care. It's just a party. Uh, You can talk to Reese. You can hang out uh, and talk to Wendy and I and Reese. We just want you here. And. And drinking eggnog with dr- us. That's right. Drinking, drinking egg- eggnog. Or wine or whatever you happen to be drinking we're that day. We're cocktail hours, yeah. so we're good. We're, thank goodness you gave... I don't. I think you that was what? smart, Glenn. You gave me cocktail hour. I did. I gave you cocktail thank hour. That's goodness. right. Guess who follows you? The horse husband's hour. So... There oh, it's before go. me. Ah, no, we're after you. We're after you. Oh, you're after. Oh, yes. Lord. And then guess oh, who please. we put last between 8 and 9 o'clock in the 12th hour? The mm. inventors. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yep. I, I should have guessed that. Yeah. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah, they're going to still be around for it. Right? <laughs> we'll see if any of them are sober between 8 and 9 o'clock. No, but, no. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. So this is the... Uh, so people who... The way you qualify for these amazing prizes uh, is that you send us do two things. You either call live. That qualifies you. And also, you can send us a voicemail ahead of time. And so if you can't make it or you're too scared to call live, you can just drop us a voicemail. You can just do a simple, you know, Merry Christmas to your friends and family. You can give a Merry Christmas to Reese and Philip, Or you can get creative. And this is what we encourage. Maybe show off your amazing singing voice and sing a Christmas song. <laughs> what about impersonations? You can do an impersonation. You can write Love a it. poem. Maybe rewrite to 12 Days of Christmas for Reese and Philip. Um, you know, you could play a holiday tune. Maybe you play the piano or the guitar, you know, whatever it is. If you're really chicken, get your kids to do it. Uh, (laughs) You know, kids with ponies ponies always win. I'm just saying. That's true. And if you get your pony to do it, that's even better. 
that would be even cooler. <laughs> That's even cooler. I you know, I have a couple examples. We have done this in the past on horses in the morning, and I have some examples if you want to maybe get yeah. the juices flowing. So we've had some very clever ones over the years and some very, you know, simple ones that were fun too. And so this is one of your dressage listeners. Her name, you've interviewed her here on the show, Doreen Rose up from Long She's Island. She's adorable. Well, yes. th- this is one she sent us in the past. Playing a little Templeton Thompson there. Hello, this is Doreen Rose from Long Island wishing everybody at the Horse Radio Network a very happy holiday season. I'm wishing you a very merry Christmas. So there you go. There's one of them. That's lovely. That's easy. That, yeah. That was awesome. That's simple. With some great prizes. And, and Doreen's great. She is fun. Yeah. And then, then some people went crazy. So we have so, next, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the road or the TV show Ice Road Truckers. Oh, yeah. But Lisa yeah. Kelly what from Ice Road Truckers, the girl on the show, the only girl that really the star of the show, uh, is a big listener of the Horse Radio Network. So she was driving her truck one day when she heard the call out and she pulled over. She wrote this while driving on the ice roads, actually, during the middle of winter, pulled over her truck over to record this and send it to us. A lot of bells. Good morning, horses in the morning. This is Lisa Kelly, and I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas with a little poem I made up. Was the night before Christmas when all through the house, all the critters were stirring, even my spouse. My hubby has back pain, a herniated disc, that causes him to kick with a lot of frisk. The kitties are nocturnal and currently engaged in a fight, screeching and howling over a dead Christmas sprite. The horses are kicking the feed dish, proclaiming they'll eat whenever they wish. The dog lifts her head and opens an eye as I grab my things and wave goodbye. I'm off to work, you see, because I promised to work this Christmas Eve. As I started my semi and climbed inside... Skipping Christmas one more year, I justified. I banged to a load and started my haul, a little more money to finish the stall. Only one more year, I promised my honey. You know how badly we need the money. But I had said this year after year, and I knew I was lying, and so did my dear. Because bills keep coming and things which to spend, I knew the cycle would never really end. We always think just a little bit more, and that soon becomes our eternal war. So while I'm sitting on the road alone, remember that... Who you've left at home. Don't do as I do, do as I say, and have yourself a Merry Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, guys, from the road. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I wanted Aww. to give her a great big hug after that. It's like, that oh my fantastic. gosh. Yeah, working on working Christmas <laughs> yeah, exactly. Day. Exactly. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Now, Leslie Wiley is of Horse Nation. She's the ed- uh, executive editor of Horse Nation, which you are probably familiar with. And it's a bit, it's one of a very popular blog. And she, yeah, big time. yeah, she calls in every Monday morning to our horses in the morning show. So she felt that she had to contribute. So this is what she sent us. Hello, 
Hello there, horses in the morning. This is Leslie Wiley from the wacky world of Horse Nation calling to wish you a Merry Christmas and say thank you for letting us crash your show every Monday morning. We wanted to do something special for you guys, so we hired an amazing singing horse to serenade you and your listeners with a festive Christmas carol. Come on out here, singing horse. I think she had been drinking. (laughs) No alcohol involved. Wow. Not sure that's a horse. Impressive. From all of us here at HorseNation.com, here's wishing you and your loved ones a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. (laughs) Awesome. And then we really like, last one, hope you're not getting bored with these. They're actually a lot of fun and creative. We have good listeners. Uh, They're much more creative than we are. (laughs) So now we love when people call in and sing us. Uh, holiday tunes and sing us, you know, Christmas songs in foreign languages. Because wow, we have a lot yeah. of listeners from around the world. Well, Mona speaks German. She was a, she's an immigrant here to the United States. And she did this. And it's actually very, very pretty. I'll just play a little bit of it. She did the whole thing. Stille Nacht, heilige Nacht, alles Einsam wach, nur das traute hochheilige Paar. She actually sang the whole song beautiful. to us. Yeah. yeah. She's oh, beautiful. Very pretty voice. Talented listeners. Yep. Yeah, so now we have it. to find out if any of the dressage listeners are talented. Well, I have. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're not going to be singing for us anytime soon, Reese. Oh, you don't well, want that. I mean, I can. Philip, you've heard her sing maybe after a few beers. uh. Nobody's going to like it. (laughs) So So, so we want you, the way they can do this, if they go to dressageradioshow.com or horseradionetwork.com, there's a banner in the middle of the page for the Radiothon. There's a whole website for the Radiothon. You can go there. There's a section that says leave holiday voicemail. It gives you all the instructions. You can record it on your phone, even on the phone audio recorder every phone has one and just email it to me or you can call our voicemail line and do it that way so it's very simple very easy to do even if it's just wishing even if you're just wishing a merry christmas to reese and philip that qualifies you for the prizes uh weather beta is giving away a bunch of stuff we have benefab you know benefab oh they're fantastic products well fantastic. they're the blanket them blanket. And, they're giving the a blanket away <gasps> as the grand oh prize God. that's a like a 400 dollars value it's really nice everybody you yeah. want the blanket yeah I'm just saying and that's the that's mm. the ceramic blanket and they're giving that away as a grand prize at the end of the night along with sore no more and weather beta that's going to be 800 dollars grand prize at the end of the night so we're giving away prizes every hour and then the grand prize at the end of the night to qualify you either have to send us a voicemail of any kind or uh, or or call in live yeah. One of the two. And if you send a voicemail, say this is for Reese and Philip or this is for the Dressage Show so we know. So they can get credit yeah, for we it. Want yeah, we got to track our listeners. We, we got to win this credit. thing. 
<laughs> so get creative, get it in, but we need it in by Thanksgiving Day. So get them in because we have to put them all together that weekend for November 30th. I assume that's the American Thanksgiving Yes, Day. that would be Thursday <laughs> The to help out the Canadians. Uh, yeah. That would be Thursday the 26th because then we have all weekend we have to get them together before the 30th. So Monday the 30th is the big day. So there you go. I got to entertain you with a little song. <laughs> we love it when you stop by and as a guest capacity. Normally you're here as our producer. I know. I don't have like, to work tonight. That's really nice. I know. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving us. Believe me, putting 12 hours together with all these moving parts, is it's more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I can imagine. Yeah. It's so. always when you do a project like this, you're like, oh, it'll just be, you know, be this. And then it becomes. Yeah. Something but that's awesome. Different. But that's really yeah. cool, though. Yeah, it is cool, and I'm looking forward to seeing Reese. Phil, if you promise to call in at one of your airport stops, I will. I will call yeah. in. Okay, so I don't care what hour it is during the day between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. We just want to hear from you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. That's for sure. Sounds awesome. Good. That sounds terrific. We won't embarrass Hopefully you. Hopefully, during bad. our during our time, Phil. Yeah, it might be possible. Yeah. You never know with airplanes and airports and all. And that. you, you <laughs> know, if he's had a uh, if he's had an alcoholic beverage or two in the airplane, he might even sing I mean, for us. Oh, that, that would be good. He'll be off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not happening. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> all right. As soon as we find out who our big dressage guests are, we will be announcing that on the Facebook page for Dressage Radio Show. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, we'll see, see you. Well, Phil, I am sad you're going to miss the Radiothon, but uh, I'll hold I'm going to call in. Uh, yeah, I'm sad we're yeah. going to miss our, our hour of power together, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'll come in and I'm going to really try to make it during during our dressage hour and be be a good employee, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, and, and truly, everybody, call in because we, I don't think we win anything, but we want to try to at least have bragging rights at the Horse Radio Network. So Yeah, yeah exactly. It's all about our bragging rights. And yeah, it's all about we, bragging rights at this point. We do point. have the best listeners. We do, so we're excited. Well, um, we're actually going to jump right into Amy Gimble. We're getting going into our meat and potatoes here about the U.S. National Finals. And Amy is a amateur rider who I actually have known for many years. We did Young Riders together, and I hope you enjoy her interview. Well, this evening, it is truly my pleasure to have Amy Gimble on from New Jersey. Amy and I did Young Riders together, and we had the pleasure of being stable together at the National Finals last week in, at the Kentucky Horse Park. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Amy really did think I was kidding when I was like, hey, what you doing on Thursday night? Uh, would you like to come on the dressage radio show? And and I was like, no, I'm really not kidding. So she really did get roped into this. So <laughs> Thanks, Amy. It's a good thing you're I'm not ready. losing a I'm lot ready. of friends. You know? I know. I know. I, not yet. People are going to avoid you. You're <laughs> like going to be stable play. all by yourself. I know. <laughs> well, Amy and I, we, we did figure we have been friends a long time. We got to know each other doing Young Riders. And uh, what I love about Amy's story is she is an incredibly good rider and incredibly hard worker. But Amy, you decided not to actually go the professional route. You're, you're an adult amateur rider now, which is you're, funny to say because you're a fantastic rider and you really could have gone professional. But what do you do now in, in real life? Well, first, thank you very much for the compliment. And um, my quote-unquote real job is I am a reinsurance broker for a company called Guy Carpenter, which is uh, a part of Marsha McLennan. And I started there in 2003, which sounds crazy. I can't believe I've been working for that long. But um, I graduated college, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, so I came home and was riding and 
kind of playing with the horses and a friend of mine uh, found out that I was at home sort of doing my own thing and he said, come in and interview and finally kind of all came together and I am in work in Morristown, New Jersey and that's kind of my daily job and then at night or in the morning before work, I take care of the horses and I think, I think you know horse people or or somebody who's been been in training or, or done the done the working student thing makes a pretty good employee. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like I, if you've done working students, we were just talking about it. If you've done a working student, you know how to work hard and you know how to you know meet expectations and you know be on time and all these things that make make a good general employee. I think so too, and you know it's so funny that you said on time. I try so hard all the time to be on time. For personal things, you know, oh, we're going to grab dinner or what have you. And there's always a reason for why I need to stop and do something at the barn. And <laughs> I say take, I say it'll take five minutes. And ten minutes later, uh, John, my other half, is like, Amy, we've got to go. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. But I'm not, I'm, I am not late for you know meetings and, and important things and shows like that. But I don't, I don't know why. There's just something. I just I can always find something else to do at the barn. It, it is for sure my uh, my nemesis for being on time. I think that's across the board. I am very very much the same. It's terrible. And Travis is also the same. Like get in the car, we gotta go. I'm like uh oh. <laughs> so Amy, we were just chatting. I I love your 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 Olympic sport when you come home. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of your schedule for the day and your Olympic sport because it's fantastic. Sure. So the morning is obviously our, my office hours start, we start at 8.30 and we work till 5.30, but often during our busy time that can easily be a lot later and the mornings can be a lot earlier. But I am a little fanatical about picking my paddocks. And so the days are quite short this time of year. So no matter what, when I get home, it's dark and I insist on picking my paddocks. So I've created my own Olympic sport of um, nighttime poop picking and it's the part of the paddocks are in the dark, and I sometimes, but rarely, use a flashlight. You kind of let your eyes get used to the dark, and you are out there. You're like, ah, I see you. You can't get away from me. And you <laughs> pick your paddocks, and, and in the morning, you see how how good of a job you've done. Um, but I just in the winter, it's really the hardest. You know, if the, if the poop sits all night, you can't get it in the morning. It's frozen, and then it builds up and springtime it becomes really miserable so I get even more uh OCD about it as the temperatures keep dropping because I just I hate the idea of the horses being you know surrounded by poop well I love it you just you had me cracking up at the horse show about it it was so funny because we all have something like that so I get it (laughs) well Amy so we we had you on because you did a fantastic job at the U.S. National Finals. Um, so let's start. Tell us a little bit about your mare, Candy. Uh, well, Candy is a very much a chestnut mare. She's a six-year-old UB40 Weltmeyer. And I started riding her a little under two years ago. She was actually Heather's horse, my trainer, Heather Mason. And Heather didn't have time for her. Lucky for me. Bad for Heather. <laughs> And so she said, you know, do you think you could have time? And a horse that I had previously been riding was sold. So I started riding her, and she was not the easiest, but 
we just sort of started to click more and more. And then actually before nationals last year, Heather said, I'm going to put her up for sale as we had discussed when I started riding her. I'm going to give you, you know, if you want to buy her, let me know. And I said, I, you know, I don't want another horse. I have two, one's retired and I, I'm, I don't want three horses. And someone was interested in her and I could literally feel my heart pounding because the thought of her being with someone else was just the worst possible thing. So right before nationals last year, we started the process, you know, I had her vetted and, and we were kind of going through the pieces of sale negotiation. And I was unloading her from the trailer after being vetted and she slipped on the ramp and split oh. her fetlock open. <gasps> so she had to be in a stall 10 days, no, uh, no movement, no riding, no hand walking, nothing. So we went into finals last year with six rides under our belt because between that and then I had a work trip right before finals. So last year was I, a huge sort of uh, anxiety finals for us. And after finals, I decided I absolutely should buy this horse. So going into this finals was a little bit more relaxed. So I didn't have the anxiety of um, whether or not I was buying her and how she was going to be after standing in the stall for so many days. But um, she's really something special because she has a very strong opinion and you have to be really willing to take all of your focus and put it on her. So even in the paddock or in the barn or when you're you know, on her, it's 100% focused on her. And it actually changed a little bit of the way even... I conduct my day because when I get here to feed her, whatever happened during the work day, like I have to leave it at the car. I have to leave it outside that paddock because she demands a hundred percent of your attention. And it really kind of gives you that decompression time because you have to, you have to be a hundred percent focused and it sort of has changed a little bit of how my day goes because I, everything has to slow down a little bit. My mind has to slow down. My movements, you know, everything has to be, when I'm with her, has to be about her and focused on her. So that really has been, I think, something special for me. And she just is very charismatic on her saddle. The judges really love her. And I need to figure out a little bit better how to take some of her energy and keep it into being constructive. We had a little couple blips in in our tests at regional then at finals but overall I mean she's just she's a blast to ride I don't get off of her and think oh man I wish we had done this I get off her smiling every day so I feel very very lucky about that awesome Amy uh, what level were you riding and maybe give us a little rundown of your tests sure uh so she's uh six coming seven she did second and third level this year she's schooling a little bit of everything in fourth level um and at finals this year, we did uh, second level, third level, and second level freestyle, the championships uh, for those. So super lucky we went, we went into regionals with qualified for those three, and we were able to qualify for nationals for all three of those championships. And she placed actually in the top three for, for all of those. And that was amazing, absolutely. And our, our last ride, we actually, she was the champion for the second level freestyle. So that was even more amazing to have gone through the show and have our last test be our best one. And I think 
the nationals and and sort of the vibe that you get throughout the show. It's really amazing. I mean, obviously having the opportunity to reconnect with Reese and and sort of see so many people that you have met along the way all being at the same show is absolutely something special. Yeah, it really was a fun week. I mean, I think that that sums it up so well is it really is something special. You're there and, you know, it's like Amy kept getting on for award ceremonies. I was like, yeah, girl, it was so exciting (laughs) and it was super fun. And I do think that that's the vibe that you get when you're there. Uh, So it's fantastic. So, Amy, tell us, what is the next step for you and Candy? That is a really good question. (laughs) And it's funny, um, a couple of people that that were also at Nationals, sort of from, from our area, you get home from Nationals, you're like, okay, yeah, what's next? And the <laughs> what's next is a long, cold winter. winter. <laughs> yeah. So you really start to think about, okay, well, what's the plan for next year? And the first thing in your mind is, oh, we're going back to, let's go back to Kentucky. And then you kind of work backwards from there. I'm not 100% sure what... Um, Obviously, I'd, I'd love to bring her um, out next year and do third and fourth level. I'm not sure pre-St. George is 100% in the plans just yet. I mean, she is really young. I don't want to, to rush her. But if she's ready, maybe we'll, we'll go to pre, do the fourth level in pre-St. George. But right now, I sort of have my sights set on third, fourth, and then the freestyles for both levels, respectively, and sort of see where, see where winter brings us. If it's winter, it's anything like last year. It could be really slow going in the training process. Certainly last year, I think almost everybody in the Northeast lost most of January and part of February just from the really cold temperatures. It's not going to be like that again, Amy. I, 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 hope, I hope not. So, that was so a winter really for, for the, all time, there. you know? So. Yeah, you know, it was... It was a, for, I've been in New Jersey and living on the same street for... 34 years, and I cannot remember a year where there were so many days that you couldn't ride just because of the temperatures, and part of that, I think, also is if you're in the office, the warmest part of the day, obviously, is lunchtime, and you can't be at the barn, so I would get home at 6.30, let's say, and it's already 13 degrees. There's just no way that you're, there's no way that's happening, and then we had ice and all this bananas so hopefully it'll be a really mild winter and we'll have the opportunity to really kind of work on strength and training and for candy especially I really focus a lot of my ride not so much on the lateral work but a lot on sort of transitions and strength and encouraging her to carry more weight behind and I actually don't do a ton of flying changes with her I kind of figure that they will eventually work themselves out um and I really want to keep them nice and calm and quiet. So I'm, I think I work them one day between regionals and nationals. Um, and I think this winter we'll have to start to work them a little bit more consistently and work on trying to get the tempies, but that's not going to be a priority. I really think that they will come when it's ready. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we have fingers crossed for everybody that it's not a terrible winter. And Amy, I want to pinky swear that you and I are going to try our hardest to stay well next to each other at U.S. Finals next year. Heck yeah. It's, it's, on, it's already on, it's on the goal list. It's stable on the goal list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Amy, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we will keep in touch with you this year. Thank you so much. 
Well, that was a great interview with Amy, and we're going to come back now with Mike Suhanik. He's going to have our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, and he's also going to tell us about what it's like to ride professionally in the amateur divisions at the U.S. National Finals. This evening, I am super excited to have Mike Suhanik, young horse trainer at Leatherdale Farms, on the program. Mike, how are you this evening? Well, I'm doing great, Reese. Nice to you. <laughs> you were, we have been competing all summer together. We we saw we first met at the Young Horse Finals and then the Region 4 Finals and then at the National Finals. So I was uh, super happy to snag you for an interview at the Finals. That's true, yeah. It's been a, been a really great year to show off the horses and um, compete against such great riders. It's It's been lots of fun. I have to be honest, I think you've beaten me every time. I'm not going to lie. So... <laughs> No, I lo- I, I'm always like, oh, Mike's in my class. No, <laughs> just kidding. You're a great rider and you have fantastic horses. Thank you. So, Mike, Thank you know, you. let's start. I mean, you had tons of horses that you compete. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the Leatherdale's farm and, and all the horses that you've been competing this year? Um, well, I've had uh, seven horses I've been competing this year. At the, at the Leatherdale Farms, I, I'm the young horse trainer, so I've been starting all the young stock that they've been breeding and uh, they've, they've had a great uh, breeding program there and uh, I brought along some of their uh, young stuff that I've started over the last uh, I've started over the last five years because that's how long I've been working there. And oh, that's brought, fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and getting horses to the show ring, you know, is, is you know, the coup de grace in a way. It is. It's so fulfilling to be able to bring them from my first uh, step into the stirrup to all the way to nationals, actually. And uh, it's been a great performance. So at nationals, uh, which classes were you, were you riding in? And can you give us a little rundown of, I think you brought four to nationals, you told us. And give us a, just a little rundown about each one. Um, well, I competed in from training level through pre-St. George, actually in the championship classes. And, uh, a training level and first level I had a horse named Dublin. He's four year old. Um Hanoverians Hanoverians are what they breed there at the Lowe's yep. Farm. Yeah. And um he he did great in both his classes, placed in the top ten, even ninth in his training level class and sixth in his first level class. I was pretty proud of him to be able to compete in such an atmosphere and and uh, against such great riders there at nationals. And that's what we've been talking about, you know, that this, this, it's such a big event, especially for a baby horse. You know, I can't imagine riding a four-year-old and all that. It is yeah. it's such a big event and there's rings everywhere and people. So, I mean, congratulations on, on riding a baby. Uh, it's such a young, right? yeah, yeah, successfully. So Mike, what was the next horse that you rode? Um, that would have been Fleur, Fleur de Lee, her full name is. And, uh, she rode in second level and third level. She came in um, championship. She came in first in her second level class. Yay! And, uh, really, <laughs> really proud of her. She did great. I'm just amazed at how much she just progresses each time I, I ride her each week. And, and she uh, is she a was actually there. Yeah. Thank you. She was there last year, too, in her training level class. She got reserve champion, so I'm so proud of her to step up and bring home a championship for them this year. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. 
And the so next one, the next one in the line. Yeah, the next one in the lineup. I know. <laughs> the next one was Hero. He's a big uh, horse out of His Highness, and just a great line of horses. And he placed ninth in his third level championship class. That's the only one he rode in. But, yeah, he, he was, that was the um, class. Yeah, he was with me, and he is a lovely horse. He's he's really mm-hmm. a, a beautiful quality horse. You know, in the warm up, I'm always a little nervous when I see you bringing him. I'm like, oh no, Hero's here. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a beautiful yeah. horse. He's my he's my powerhouse, and he really brings a lot of presence and ability to his his classes. And always, always fun to push to get him um, moving around the ring. He's gorgeous, and that was that was a big class in, in a super competitive third level. I think I think we had the most competitive class. I'm not going to lie. That was a super I think so competitive third level third level class um, for mm-hmm. sure. Really For tight, sure. um, but he's he's a beautiful one. And how about your pre St. George one? Yeah, uh, Carrazzo is the same. Everyone had him for about a year and a half. They brought bought him as a performance horse and imported him. And um, he did a few second level classes before I got him. And then after um, I got him, he just he showed a lot of talent and um, just progressed up the levels quickly. And I um, rode him in fourth level in pre St. George. And he brought home the championship for fourth level. Yes. And that was really awesome. Yeah, and then the pre-St. George, I fell, uh, fell right in the middle of the pack, about 15th place, I believe, out of about 30-plus riders. So I was really proud of that, too, excited to be able to finish in such strong competition there. So did you get a, have you gotten a little bit of rest after the Nationals? And uh, sort of what's next for this, this group of horses? Yeah, I've, I've given the, the show horses a little bit of time off this week. Uh, but uh, we're coming home. We're going to start training them and moving them along. Um, keep learning and progressing up through the levels. I actually rode for the lead today and uh, trained her some tempies. We did four threes and a couple of ones even. Ooh. Oh, that's wow. what we like that. Just right on, yes, right on. Right. Just keep going. She just, she just loves to learn that one, and it's just, she learns so quickly, and it's just so much fun and exciting. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, Mike, um, we are going to, we also snagged you for a Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week. So, what is your trainer tip for us this week? Uh, my trainer tip is. Groundwork, it's so essential to, to build that trust with the horse on the ground because then it uh, flows into having that trust in the saddle. I've really found that uh, the more work I do from the ground up, I have an easier time um, training from the saddle and then trusting me and moving them around the arena. Yeah, I think so my- that, I think that's an awesome tip. I I do I do a little bit the same thing, you know, because my my thing is is that it's always safer to be doing stuff from the ground than to teaching the horse when you're on top. You know, even if it's the yeah. even if it's the best horse and they're really quiet and everything. I, I I mean, I think you're just building confidence for the horse. And sometimes when when you get on their back and you and you're trying to teach stuff, especially the early guys, you know, the the three year olds that yeah. that they they don't yeah. have that con- sort of confidence. And if and if you can uh, if you can do it early from the ground, I think even with even with a two year old, you can do you know not a ton of lunging, but at least some 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 groundwork. So tell us some things that you do with the young horses to to build this trust and confidence. Um, well, aside from the lunging, and then I do a lot of ground ground driving too to teach them 
you know, before I get in the saddle, that, you know, they can move and turn when they ask them to move. And then they can, then I do a lot of desensitizing with, uh, you know, anything I find around the, the barn, really. I use an umbrella, I use uh, uh, pool noodles and tarps and just different things to get them less uh, scared of objects that are that you might encounter later on. And then so that's all, to be able yeah, to, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, Mike, you do kind of groundwork, but also some desensitization with these youngsters. Yeah. Great. And when yeah. do you start this? When do you start the groundwork? Like, what age do you usually bring them in and start this kind of work with them? At about two, we do a lot of like uh, putting blankets on and and boots, and you know, and then they get used to all that and stuff on their bodies, and then at about uh, three year three years old, we uh, I start putting putting them into the program and start with like first single and blankets, pads, saddle pads, and and add the bridle and all that, and I just keep progressing that way, but adding still some desensitization um, objects that I mean, you know, like ropes and, and tarps in the arena, but also I'll sensitize them to um, my aids of being able to move them out on the ones line or out while I'm uh, gone driving them. So it's a nice balance between the two, and that kind of makes a good horse. Yeah, and, and your horses are all very, very well behaved and do a very good job. So, Mike, tell us, like, so you bring them in at, at two. How often do you sort of work the two and the three-year-olds? Like, how many times a week? How long? That's always a question that we get um, from people about young horses. Like, how much is too much or not enough? Or how do you do that? Sure, sure. Um, no, it's uh, not long as a two-year-old. I'd say your training sessions can be just five minutes is long enough sometimes for them to understand and get what you're trying to come across with. And, and then you just kind of increase a little bit of time in, as a three-year-old, and you know you see how much they can mentally take, not just physically, but mentally they can handle. And then you kind of add things here and there, and... You don't focus too long on one thing, like you wouldn't focus too long on just lunging, but you would switch it up and you would add uh, ground driving, or I would bring them over to the lunging block and stand up next to them and, and wave my ropes around and create yeah. a nice balance that way so they don't get bored, but they don't get overly stressed either. Yeah, I think that was a good point that you said about about the five minutes, because I think sometimes... You know, when you when you work with a horse and the horse is very very good, you're you're sort of tempted to like move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing. Whereas I think that you have to you have to think about that that you know when the horse is good, if you just keep adding more and more work, then they then they learn that you know their good behavior doesn't get rewarded, right? And then yeah, they start to yeah, exactly. then then you're just pushing and pushing and pushing all the time until the until they find something until you find something they don't like, and then you've got a, a real big problem on your hands. I think. You know, sometimes you expect them to to be to have a problem with your new thing, but sometimes you never know. The horses will surprise you and say, "Hey, you know, I'm good with that. I can walk across a tarp, or I can lunge in a circle." And you have to really step back and say, "That was a great lesson for today, and I can finish the good lesson by by stopping what I'm doing and rewarding the horse, even if they, they didn't give you an issue or a problem. You can reward them. You know that they learned that when when they're good, the lesson is short." 
and then next time next time you add the net the next thing or you know a week later you add the next thing and not just to say oh this is a great horse i gotta that's the same with training you know with the movements and things but also just even with this groundwork you know you can take your time and and really and really say i don't need to cause a problem for me for the horse to learn a good lesson so i I like that you said that i wanted just to expand on that a little bit well thank you yeah exactly Absolutely, uh, appreciate that uh, that direction you take the horses in. It's uh, I think it's it's worked well for me, and and uh, I, I did it as a teenager too when I first started training on horses with my mom, and and that's uh, kind of the progression we took. Yeah, no, and I think that's right. I mean, I think with the young ones, especially, it's time, and you have and to. They're be learning careful. life lessons. You want yeah, you want exactly. them to continue to be good horses forever, right? And and even small yeah. mistakes will will uh, will cause problems for you for for a long time, you know, for forever. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. gotta yeah. give them a good start. Gotta give them a good start, and just take your patience, take your time sometimes. <laughs> it's so true. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show tonight. And if um, how can people get in touch with you uh, on the internet? Um, they can uh, find me on Facebook. Um, under my name, Mike Sahonic, or they could uh, contact me through the Lowdale Farms page also. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. Uh, All right. Thank you. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, that's it's we're almost done our show, and I think it was a good show this week, and we're wrapping up the USDF National Finals and, and sort of on to the next thing, right? And we were talking about the holidays a lot. But uh, we do have an email shout-out this week from Katie H. She was asking about your... Uh, the class that you teach at University of Kentucky, you've sort of mentioned it a couple of times, but you're not, you haven't told us what, what you're teaching and what the, what the students are learning. So can you give us a little <laughs> rundown of what your, what your class is about? Yeah, sure. My other, my other part-time job is, uh, I laugh about that. That's my Monday part-time job. Um, yeah, I was asked by the University of Kentucky Department um, or College of Agriculture, Food and Environment to um, come in and teach global uh, a class on the global sport horse industry. So um, I actually really enjoy it. I was a little nervous at the beginning, like anything, starting a new venture. Um, I was a little bit nervous about the extra work workload 
uh, it's not too bad uh, until I have to actually grade 32 papers uh, when I assign papers. Um, but it's been really fun. So uh, on Monday is usually a little bit uh, quieter day here at my farm. And uh, so I enjoyed, I, I head to the university about three o'clock. Uh, and for me, it's nice. I uh, get to dress and not barn clothes. I get to have a shower and <laughs> you have to shower once. once in a while. Yeah, I do have to shower. I guess in theory I could show up in my riding pants. But. So if I was one of your students, what what am I going to be learning from your class? Yeah. So most of well, one of the the issues with the University of Kentucky management uh, equine management program was it's very it's a good thing. It's but it's highly thoroughbred sort of oriented. Right. And right. a lot of the students are coming now uh, because of the you know you. Um, Kind of the area and the horse park is really a hub now for also sport horse. There's a lot more sport horse farms. I, I noticed that last time I was there that that uh, you know people are moving in for the summer, maybe from the East Coast or from Florida to be you know involved in the shows, all the shows that are going on in Kentucky and and all that kind of thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. And and also work here, you know, at the horse park, there are, I think there's over a hundred equine organizations that are headquartered at the horse park. So there's a lot of job opportunities, uh, maybe not also, you know, the racehorse industry for sure, but the sport horse. Uh, so they felt like they really needed to bring that into the program a little bit. So um, I, I have a master's degree and international commerce and diplomacy so uh to be an adjunct at the university you have to have a master's degree so uh they said hey by the way would you be interested in teaching this program or this class and i thought about it and i said sure uh in, in a weak moment uh, but no <laughs> it's been fantastic and and i teach from 5 to seven thirty every monday night in the fall i won't uh, teach the class in the spring uh, because i'm in florida most of the time uh but really the class is talks about everything from working with uh, for-profit uh, groups like the USEF or the FEI to nonprofit organizations um, and marketing a sport horse. We talk about, um, my mind is going a blank. Uh, they just did a big marketing project this week. Uh, they do analysis of different sport horse organizations. It's a big project for the classes um, as we all know, there's so many organizations in the okay. alphabet soup. Yeah, yeah it sounds cool. Along with. So sounds they do cool. that. And so we talk about all kinds of things along the lines that you would do in the sport horse industry and what it's like to compete a horse and what are the regulations and how you get passports and all of these things that you a would do. A little bit of everything. Yeah, so it's been great. it's been a great. And uh, certainly you can PM me or, or, or email me at Reese at Horse Radio Network, if you want to learn a little bit more about the class and for sure about the university, I'd love to to tell you and I'll pass you along to the right people. So cool. it's been fun. So thanks cool. for asking that question. So it's been a good time. So uh, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.